Hi, it's me again, and yeah, I think we should probably talk about the big story that's doing the rounds, but unusually for me, I'm going to withhold judgment on everything. I was quite quick to jump on some of the other scandals. And uh, let's see where it goes, let's see where it goes, because his problem is he has spoken out against the establishment a lot. But then a lot of the claims, yeah, you, you could believe it. Can you? So let, let's see where it goes. I don't think there's been any formal charges yet. So let's just see... Let's just see where it all goes. But that's not the part of it I want to talk about. I finally watched most of the dispatches thing last night on all four. And um, I thought we could come at it from the BBC angle again. Because, uh, you know, I very rarely talk about the BBC on this channel. As you know. So, uh, yeah. I've got some timestamps here of some things I thought were interesting with regards to this situation and the BBC. So I thought we could just have a look at them together. Maybe have a bit of a chat, as always. So I've got the thing here on all four. So, uh, yeah, let's have a look. By 2007, Brand had secured himself a top spot at the BBC with his own show on its flagship station, Radio 2, along with his co-host, Matt Morgan. He'd been promoted from his slot on Radio 6 Music, where he later hinted in his autobiography that he'd been having sex with competition winners in the toilets. He implied that the station controller, Leslie Douglas, was aware of this. So that little clip there, he hinted in his book that he had sex with contestants in BBC changing rooms and the station controller was fully aware of it. Does that remind you of anything from the 70s? Does it? The BBC have got a history of turning a blind eye. Now, the BBC aren't alone in this. Obviously, Channel 4 and many other broadcasters and some movie sets and that are quite complicit in some of these allegations. But are you surprised to hear that about the BBC? Because I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the next one, 4907. Let's have a look. See, I, I made these last night and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine while I was watching this because I needed it. Um, yeah, where are we? It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr. Jimmy Savile, just, well, you know. if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along. I, I mean, I haven't got any sisters, I but... I don't usually meet fellas, but if you've got a sister, that's okay. I've got a persistent called... Part of her job description is that anyone I demand she, um, greets, meets, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. Well, that's, that's, that's a good start. What kind of start? You could send her along to do some research. Would you like her to wear anything in in particular, Sir Jimmy? I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing. Right. So you want my assistant to meet you naked? Okay. Well, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be a problem. All right. Back then, you know, Jimmy was alive. All the crimes against him hadn't fully come out in the open, but there was enough rumours around, especially at the BBC, apparently, that he was dodgy. And then the whole massages thing, that sounds a bit, sounds a bit Epstein to me, that bit. I mean, the only saving grace there is Jimmy wouldn't have been interested in that woman anyway, because I doubt she was a minor if she was Russell Brand's assistant. But the BBC allowing that to be broadcast, Russell Brand treating his assistant like a piece of meat he can share with his mates, even as a joke. It's not that funny, really, is it? The BBC let that be broadcast. This is the BBC. They, we, I know we're talking about brand here, but my, I want to take the BBC route of discussion here. 
because that's one of the things I do, obviously. They let that be broadcast. Let that sink in. They let that be broadcast. The Andrew Sachs thing was bad enough, but they let that be broadcast. Madness. Uh, 51 minutes dead I've got here. Members of staff were angered by Brand's behaviour. On one occasion, Brand exposed his genitals whilst urinating into a bottle. A witness claimed this was in front of colleagues and guests. One appeared to be a minor. This witness gave us an account. They described the incident as shocking and entirely inappropriate. It's over there, under your bottle of urine. Hey! That bottle of urine was a gift from the Queen! <laughs> right! This is BBC Radio 2, online... So, it sounds like it was in the studio. In front of guests and other members of staff, he popped it out and peed in a bowl. Now, being a DJ, I would imagine if gaps in the songs aren't long enough or whatever, you might need to pee in a bottle occasionally. You know, I've unfortunately had to pee in a bottle, not in a studio, obviously. Exposing himself and doing it in the studio. In a BBC Radio 2 studio. And nothing was said. Nothing was said at all. I mean, I work some long hours, right? But if I'm sitting in my office and I just flop little John out and start peeing into a bottle, I'm going to be going to see HR. Nothing. Nothing. Staff say a complaint was made to station controller Leslie Douglas, but no formal action was taken. So they complained to the station controller, no formal action was taken. BBC all over. How many complaints have people made at the BBC about talent, that's what they call it, isn't it? and nothing had happened. Welcome to the BBC. You pay your licence fee to these people, you know. Uh, 53 minutes, and I've written down laughable FOI requests. A later report by Ofcom and an internal investigation at the BBC had no reference to any previous complaints about brand. So it says, a freedom of information request to the BBC was submitted for this film. The broadcaster was asked if complaints had been received about brand. The BBC said it could not confirm whether it held this information because that would be unfair to brand for personal data reasons under the legislation. Now, I've got a bit of previous filing FOI requests to the BBC, and they will use any get-out clause they can. They say in the past, with the things that have happened at the BBC, they want to be more open and learn from mistakes that were made. Let's be open then, BBC. Let's have a dig about... You, you were doing it... Who was that other DJ, the old one? What's his name? The old Radio 1 DJ, I forget his name now. Who was uh, being investigated by the BBC not that long ago. It was like literally a couple of months ago, right? Tim Westwood. Come on. Come on, BBC. Honour some FOI requests. Do some digging. Be open and transparent and learn from your mistakes of the past. But you don't want to, do you? Next. He was allowed to say the unsayable, he was allowed to do the unthinkable, and consistently got away with it. He was allowed to say the unsayable and do the undoable, and consistently allowed to get away with it. 
Does that remind you of anybody else who used to be a BBC radio DJ? The BBC have learned nothing. They haven't changed. They are the same as they've always been, covering up for their own if it brings in viewers or slash listeners. In October 2008, after Matt Morgan was no longer co-hosting, Brand and his guest Jonathan Ross called Faulty Towers actor Andrew Sachs and left a message on his voicemail. Brand had previously been in a sexual relationship with Sachs's granddaughter. It's a granddaughter! <laughs> code red! Code red! I'm sorry, Mr Faulty! No BBC executive had listened to the pre-recorded show before it was broadcast. So they knew that Brand was a loose cannon and he had issues with his behaviour whilst broadcasting. And they let him and Jonathan Ross pre-record that show and it wasn't proofed at all. No executive, no one at the BBC pre-listened to that show. Even though they know that Brand was a loose cannon, no one at the BBC thought... Yeah, we should probably listen to anything he does before it's broadcast. If it's live, you could understand how it could have happened. It still should have been shut off if it was live, but you could understand a bit more. That Andrew Sachs thing, which I never thought was funny, I remember it at the time, and listening to it, and it's still available on YouTube and that, and just thinking, how is that on the BBC? You know, that's not even, you know, a, a YouTube channel joke, although you could see it on that, that would be a more suitable medium for it, but being broadcast on BBC Radio, and if it was done live and they let it go out, I'd still be cross that they didn't cut it off, they should have cut that off. That was pre-recorded, and it was still broadcast. You pay your, well, hopefully you don't pay your licence fee to this organisation, they don't care. They just don't care. It's, it's shocking what you could get away with at the BBC. And if, you know, there's a lot of previous at the BBC with behaviour that was left unchecked and undisciplined and unsacked and all this. Is it still going on? Seriously, are the B anyone at the BBC watching this? Is it still going on? Because you've got previous of it. Who else at the BBC is well dodgy, but you're still covering up for them there at the organisation because they bring in viewers or listeners? It's shocking. This organisation, I mean, I'd say, I've always said, right, don't pay the licence fee, let the BBC go commercial and then they can sink or swim. But I've also said that this organisation needs to be bought down completely and started again from scratch if they want to exist because... The culture there is just endemic through the whole thing, of wastage and of this sort of thing. But it still won't bring the BBC down. The BBC part of this was pretty much glossed over because of the bigger story. Granted, it is a bigger story. But 159 quid a year, they demand from households of the UK. And that's how they behave. Yeah, I do rarely cease to be amazed by stuff I hear about the BBC and stuff I see come out of the BBC. But come on, come on, enough is enough, BBC. You want to be open, honest and transparent? Crack on. Come on, let's hear it. 
Let's hear it. Anyone else who's had complaints of dodgy behaviour at your organisation, it's time to start talking about it and taking action rather than ignoring it and still broadcasting tap, protecting them. Shocking. The whole situation is proper shocking. But I say, I don't want to talk about the whole the situation as a whole because we don't know yet what's going on. It could very well be a stitch-up. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it's not. All I'm saying is we don't know yet and no formal charges have been laid. But the parts about the BBC, I find shocking. Shocking. Let me know your thoughts on all this down in the comments below. As always, thanks for watching. Hit the buttons below, all of that. And uh, I'll see you in the next one, whenever that will be. Ta-da!